Let's see that water again. Let's see how you guys compare there's water. No, there's no plants in this. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, for now, since, our, since our topic is water, this is time. Exactly. All right. Welcome everyone to the Biohackers Water Cooler. I am co-host Fernando from Orlando and with my friend Stephen Klein, the Super Connector, the, the other co-host. And because of Super Klein, uh, Stephen Klein is Super Klein. There we go. That's super your new name. Klein. You're the Love Super it. Klein. You're upgrading daily. Yeah, yeah. upgrading daily for sure. <laughs> super, super Klein, the Super Connector. Um, I was uh, very happy to meet uh, Marco and also Tim. Uh, so thanks for that introduction, Stephen. Uh, tell us a little bit about who this, how you met this amazing gentleman here and introduce them. Sure. All right. So I met Mirko at the 2021 biohacking conference in Orlando, Florida. Had a pretty cool little jazzy party going up in their uh, suite where they were demoing out the bioharmonic technologies vibe sound healing bed. And Mirko had his portable water restructuring devices that we will mention at some point in this podcast. And uh, that was kind of cool. And then I kept in touch with them from there to a degree, but then we actually worked together at a biohacking conference in the, at the 2022 biohacking conference in California this year. And then another event in San Diego and on and on. Our special guest, because I didn't know he was, well, found out he's going to be here today, which makes him an even more special guest because he wasn't originally slated to be here, is Tim Rupel, who I have known a little longer than Mirko, but all of our, you know, we've got these colliding worlds and we're all now friends. And Tim is one of the hardest working guys that I know, also a genius and travels quite often. So I was not surprised to hear that Tim, who resides in North Carolina, New York, and all over, happened to be in San Diego today and joining our podcast so good surprise thanks yeah, for uh, thank joining us tim and tim has got a really cool role as the head of uh, global expansion product integration and all kind of roles you name it for a really cool company called osteo strong so there you have it awesome thanks thanks steven um i i'll i'll turn this the the to, to marco marco um you know i've known you for a few weeks now and we've uh, we hit the ground running when it comes to creating. Yeah. I've experienced uh, working with you. Uh, you uh, took me through one of your sessions, taught me a lot. I learned a lot uh, with you, from you. Uh, and in, in, in turn, you know, I, I shared some of the things that I work with and uh, we started creating things together. So thanks, Stephen, um, for that. What do you think is is something is the opportunity for people to bring into their lives when it comes to health? Because you, you shared with me three things. You shared with me breath, hydration, and I believe mindset, something to do with right. an internal dialogue. Right. Mm -hmm. What is, in your opinion, something that the, is the opportunity for entrepreneurs to bring into their lives when it comes to how you've been living your life, which to me is super healthy, super agile, energized, and you have lots of tools right. to, 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 what's the opportunity for business owners to, uh, that you see that they can apply more or transform so they can have what, you know, some of the things that you have created right. in your life. 
Yeah, that's a good question. Thank you. Um, I think the opportunity is, and because most of business owners are very busy, so they don't have, I'm looking at myself, I would have to make time to like read through something, get into it. So, and sometimes I feel a little overwhelmed because there's so much information out there. So the opportunity that I want to is to make it simple and easy and go back to the basics. So, and this, this counts on a, on a knowledge, on a protocol experience basis and on a financial basis as well. So you just mentioned breath, water and, and mindset. So breath is literally a $150 hack and you're done with breath for the rest of your life, right? So you get one, you get one or two good books. They're like 20 bucks a pop. James Nestor breath, for example, really good introduction. Um, you could go to intake breathing. It's a little company to make these nose clips very efficient, better than these strips you buy on CBS. So that's another 50 bucks. And then after that, you're pretty much good to go, right? So now you're nose breathing, you can, and then you can maybe look into a few breath works, like the Wim Hof is a good example. That's what there's a bunch of other ones out there. So, and then you're done with that. So, and then the second one, which we're gonna focus on a little bit more today is hydration, um, which it's a slightly more complicated than breath, I would say because we have two parts. The first part, a lot of people know about, which is the chemical cleaning of water, the filtration. So that's part one. And then the part two is the restructuring, the structuring, the revitalizing, or the making it back to energy, the charging of water, right? So that's, it has something to do with vibration and energy value and charge, like a battery, right? So if your batteries are charged, you're not gonna get any energy on it. So the same comes for water. So and that's how does that happen? Well, so what I, I can understand. Well, hey guys, before before we go to the energy of water, that kind of thing, recap your third piece because that part of the hydration yeah. will be the focus of this. And I want to steer that, but if we kind of veer off real quick now and then you try to come back, it's gonna so that, yes. I, so the third piece is the mindset. Um there again, two great options. And um, first one, in my opinion, very sustainable is meditation in general. So uh, it's you know it's it, personally I gotta say I'm for me it's uh, slightly more challenging but it has been slightly more challenging specifically I did a few retreats where I just went to a meditation center and no speaking for nine days and just meditating twelve hours it's a good imprint to to get it started and rolling and the other option is to do um, plant medicine based treatments that can create a lot of neuroplasticity um, even if you don't have any high-grade PTSD, but it just gives your brain the option to think around problems in a different way, which can create a very, very positive mindset. So now those three, I think, are the basics for your health, then very closely followed by movement and flexibility, and of course, um, nutrition, meaning good foods and essential supplementation, you know, depending on where you are, high-class high sports person, you most likely will need more supplements than somebody that works out, let's say, a couple of hours a week. So I love that. Yeah. So that's that's about it. All right. So let's dig in a little bit into the the water part. Yes. So uh, you talked about hydration. I mean, filtration and then restructuring or charging. Energizing. Yes. Energizing. So walk us through through that. So. Let's let's stick with the first part first that um, some most people know about is the filtration. So filtration, we have 
um, a few options. So most basic is carbon filtration system. Let's start at the very basics. Uh, some people have a Brita filter, which you just pour the water through. It's like a $20 item. The filters, the filter cartridges are run around eight to nine bucks. You do want to replace them once per month for sure. Because it's a loose carbon granule. So that's the that's the big difference between a baked block filter of carbon that comes in a cartridge and between those loose carbon granules in that Brita. So they're a little tricky because if you if you miss to exchange them, they will actually bleed through. That's what the term is. They will bleed through and then give off the toxins that they just filtered out for you. So you do really want to exchange them. That's why it has this little um, LED mark. It gives you like four bars and then book, book, book goes back. And you, you don't just want to hit the button, actually exchange the cartridge. <laughs> so, and it takes out 99% uh, uh, of the chlorine and it doesn't get any of the fluorides minimum so uh, but it it really is good for the taste so the next version up is a car is a baked carbon like mono block filter as they call it so lots of good companies out there uh, in the united states uh, all, all over the world there's a very old one in germany it's called carbonite so they make very sophisticated ones and also needs to be exchanged every six to ten months but the the advantage is they don't bleed through anymore they just get that your water flow gets less and less until you have to finally exchange so now then the next two options we have to go a little more into the full filtration is a reverse osmosis a lot of people know that and a distilling machine distiller so both pretty similar they both demineralize the water so they take everything out and the distillation is pretty much creating a, a rain situation right so you like it's it's, con it's a condensation um, result and the reverse osmosis has a very fine a femtometer not nano, not pico, femto, a femtometer, which is like a millionth of a, of a micrometer. And that's how fine it filtrates the water. So it takes everything out, right? It leaves the water with a slightly acidic pH around 6.2, 6.4. So, and the, the distillation remains about the same. So, and they both create the same result. There's nothing in the water. So you get to all the fluorides, you get to all the chloramine, to all the heavy metals, everything. So that's pretty much our filtration, right? These are all very affordable, covered block filters, the cheapest, and then the reverse osmosis and the distillation bought the same for the device. And then the running cost of the distillation is, I want to say maybe a quarter of what the reverse osmosis costs, because you really only need to delime it every two months and exchange that $10 carbon pad. So it maybe runs you 50, 60 bucks a year. And the reverse osmosis put more around two, one to $200 per year because you have to exchange the pre-filters and then at some point in the break every three to five years. Mirko, if you can give us an example of one of those, we'll throw a link in the show notes so people can see what that distiller thing looks like and what a reverse osmosis, you know, maybe a popular one or something they can take a look at as well. In addition, what, what your stuff does yes. also. This is very good. I, I forget the name of it. This is very good. I have one of those very good American company that makes very sophisticated distillers. So the small version that makes a little gallon jug is around 700 bucks. So I'll throw that in later. And um, I think they're from Georgia or something and very, very good machines. So um, I highly recommend those. So they work really well. It's a little bit of a process, but it's totally worth it. All right. Then the other topic, Mirko, moving from filtration, before we get into the energizing and structuring water, they kind of, you'll hear a lot of, out there now of talking about alkaline water, Kingans, things yes. like that, other, other machines. So let's talk about that. And then let's talk about structured water 
Yes. Thing. So we kind of cover all the bases. And if I'm missing something, you can fill in the gaps. You, you know more about this stuff. Even hydrogen water as well with the tablets versus the, the machines. I think it's a good point. Thanks for bringing that to our attention. And it has been quite a ride for the last, I want to say it started about 15, 20 years ago when I got into it, that there were these alkalizers. And so first, first difference I want to bring to attention is there's a difference between alkaline and alkalized water. So alkaline water can be very natural, or you can recreate it by just adding minerals that are, that are bases, right? So now you're going into a pH that is, let's say, around eight or eight and a half, depending on how many minerals you put in there. And then sorry, some rivers, some natural spring sources are slightly alkaline. They're not going to reach nine or 10, but they're like eight, eight and a half. Others are slightly acidic. Most of them are around seven, but the, the, the marketing thing that came up um, about 15 years ago is these alkalizers. So, and what they do is they're using electricity, they quasi zap and then split up the H minus and the H plus on an ionic basis. So now you have one water that is acidic with all the H plus in it. All the positively charged ions, and then you have water that is highly baseline with all the negatively charged hydrogen ions in it. So now the, the idea is that the positively charged ions with the H plus, you can use that water for cleaning purposes. It's around four or five pH level, or you can just dump it. You know, if you have anything to clean right now, then you just get rid of it. And but it's it's the it's the off result to make. The H minus water. So now the H minus in usually it's measured in millivolt, and they use an ORP and oxygen uh, potential oxygen reductive meter. So and most water that's not ion alkalized is around plus eighty or plus hundred, and then once you alkalize it, it's around minus five hundred, minus six hundred, minus eight hundred, depending on how strong the alkalizer is. So. I want to bring to attention that all these measurements like pH or um, um, what's the other one, PPM, they're not, they don't really indicate a quality of the water. They just show you some part of it, right? So PPM doesn't indicate what's in there, it just says that there is something in there. So same with the millivolt, you know, just because the ORP meter is minus and the guy from Kangen tells you this is great water because it's minus 600, that's what you want. It doesn't really mean has doesn't really have anything to do with biology per se. So and and the interesting part I want to bring to the first attention is when you alkalize water, so it's it's not stable, right? So it takes less than six seven hours and it's gonna revert right back to plus and minus H combining. So there it is. I mean, you would have to redo that process every five to six hours in order to stay at your minus six hundred. That's what you want to do. So number one. Number two, I can't think of any natural application in the wild where water gets zapped by electricity. So that, uh, I mean, sometimes a flash of lightning hits the water, but, and then that process may happen here and there. But again, three, four hours later, it reverts back into its natural state, which is plus and minus H combined. So, so Mirko, can you talk a little bit about what their goal in alkalizing the water is yeah. in, in the blood alkaline? Through drinking, right. we also talk a little bit about, well, our natural state, our stomach is acidic. And if you were to go that route, what you would have to do to make that situation ideal and healthiest if you use that version. 
Yeah. So the idea is of alkalized water or alkaline water in general to make the body alkaline. So if you have like a, if you're very acidic, then this can help. And um, I actually talked to the to the water structuring guy from UMH, which we're going to get into later. And he says, yes, there is a slight application for those things. And um, specifically when you're very ill or when you have a hangover or when you're like super acidic, you just come from I don't know, like a face or something. And then he says, and be careful, you might want to only do a liter, so 32 ounces in the morning per day. You want to at least leave three hours before and three hours after when you ingest food. Just think about it. Our stomach acid is 1.5 pH. So if I ingest a 10 pH water right before I eat or right after I have eaten, I'm going to really slow down that digestive process, mm. which is not necessarily a good thing. I mean, if you have an iron stomach and you're just plowing through food, you might not be influenced. But I personally have a little more sensitive um, digestive system. So and I've tried this before like years ago with this alkaline stuff when it first got, got hyped. And it just did not make me feel good at all. So short term, I don't think it's a water that that one wants to drink all day long. Even though the effects are the effects are promoted effects are to make the body alkaline, and it can happen. So there's 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 scientific proof for this, and people do feel better when they drink alkaline water. Sometimes I think that just drinking more water makes these people feel better. It wouldn't really matter if it was alkaline or not alkaline. That's my personal impression that I get from, from these, uh, all these companies out there. And Canyon is just one of the, let's say, the Coca-Cola uh, version of, of these things. They have a really good filtration system that comes with it, right? So it's a carbon block filter. It's just probably also the most expensive carbon block filter for 2,500 bucks. You could get that for 100 bucks. With the same you know in, intensity of filtration so and and the the alkalizing property when you take the minus 600 millivolt water and you run it through one of those energizers it goes right back to plus 80 which shows you because the structuring unit brings it back to its natural state so it shows you that the natural state of the water is really plus 80. so and again one more time to sum it up yes there's an application for alkaline water or alkalized water in a in a very responsible dosage, on a, in a very narrow window of time and, and application. So, I I personally do not believe in um, becoming constantly alkaline by drinking alkalized water because the blood pH is rather influenced by breath work, which brings us back to the first one, and by nutrition, which brings us to the last part. And um, which is especially herbs, herbs or herb adaptogens, they'll really influence your blood pH by bringing it through the digestive system. So if you're looking for a longer, not a quick fix of the alkalinity in your body, yes, first of all, take stress out. That'll make you acidic. So stress, I'd say it's probably half of it. And then take out highly acidic foods, specifically things like sugar, alcohol, pork. You know, those are those metabolized rather in an acidic environment in the body. So, well, yeah, so now we have that. And again, if somebody wants to do that alkalization, fine, just be responsible about it and make sure that you, you know, leave it in a special window. Um, so I want to then ask you uh, to then what is that you have found as a solution? But before you answer that question, if we can just have Tim share for a minute or two, uh, what from what Merkel has said 
and what you know about water, what's, you know, from your background, what do you have to, to, to say? So that's kind of wild because I come from a, a, a Kangen salesman perspective and that blew my mind because years ago I was slinging water machines and I never looked at it from a standpoint of alkalizing something and changing state and changing it back versus having something that's created in an alkaline state. So that like, like having the form be alkalized or having something outside alkalize it, have it revert back to its original form. So for me, that was really wild because, you know, I was taught what to say and how to say it. So I was doing that and I was really good at it because we became a ABC one, two, three, 64, a something like that. And, uh, um, we were a few sales away from getting residual and I, I let the business go to an old business partner in a, in an acquisition. And so um, it's, it's really cool to see that and uh, or to, to, to differentiate that now. I, I have dove into the biohacking space more and more over the last few years. And at the end of the day, something that he said is, you know, natural state where it came from, its place. And that's what a lot of technology does. If you go on a PEMF mat, it's gonna give you a result when it's on the Earth's harmonic frequency. So when we're when we're emulating nature and we're imprinting things that were originally a part of our environment, you know, the paleo aspect is uh, natural things. Well, our environment has changed. So what is natural is now changing. You know, we no longer live in huts. We live in square built boxes, square boxes that get in our square boxes to go to work and sit in our square boxes. So out of concrete, are out, out of concrete, which is not a natural environment. So I think it's really wild to start to ask questions and say, what is the differentiator? What made this, what it, what it, what we thought it was. And is that true? Because prior to a few minutes ago, I thought a Kangen was the best machine on the planet and I have his water system. I have his water system. We haven't had this conversation and uh, I'm sitting here and I'm like, Oh, and it, it's simple little aha moments. And I think that what I'm taking away from today is it's, it's implementation. It's changing what I, now that I know better, I must do better. So uh, knowing that there is an application for a Kangen machine, that's really cool. Um, and uh, making sure that it's properly used because I know that a lot of people will get one story and they'll abuse it or overuse it, not by recklessness, but by ignorance because we don't know. And once we learn something new, we're so excited about it. So I'm excited to dive down this, this uh, uh, rabbit trail of America more because I know I have a lot to learn. And with that, on a water standpoint, my background is pretty extensive. I, I've spent time with Robert Slovak. His family is the inventor and founder of the reverse osmosis system. I've spent time with a couple other people who created the um, light water, which eliminates the heaviest molecule out of, which is deuterium. And when deuterium is removed, it's like taking the pinball out of the pinball machine in our body. And it allows the mitochondrial to have a healthier environment to thrive. And so with, with the deuterium in it from the traditional water source, you're getting DNA on a daily basis. So when you switch into a light water state status for a period of time, you're increasing your body's ability to heal from within. And so like when you look at it, water is a foundation. I mean, what is it? 68% of our body's water? 70 to 80. Huh? 70 to 80. Depending, depending on your hydration, your age. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty cool to think that I knew a lot and be sitting here learning the entire time in a baffled mode, kind of like, Huh. I, I have a lot to learn. So, you know, thank yeah. you guys for the invite and thank you, Miracle, for the 
the wealth of knowledge there. Yeah, well, thanks for sharing. It's yeah. really good input, especially coming from this Kangen standpoint of view. It's, I love it. And it's like, I'm not talking anything down. It's just as long as we know the framework for things, yeah. that's when we can use them in a healthy way. Yeah. And Tim, th Tim, thanks for bringing up the, the uh, light water deal because that's uh, that's so next level that there's such a small percentage of people that are even aware of what the word deuterium is or deuterium depleted water. We are going to have a separate podcast about that. Yeah. But that stuff's so far out of reach of the average consumer that we're not even going to play with that in this realm. Yeah. But thanks for bringing it up, and then we'll talk about it and you know what it's going to look like for that to come to the to the to the average or the to the masses at some point. But yeah, that's a really cool add in. Add in. Thank you. Yeah. And so, Mirko, back to you. What is the solution that you have come up with from what you know? Yeah. So, to make it simple, the solution for having the most energy-rich water when not living next to a spring source in the Rocky Mountains, because we could all just move to the Rocky Mountains or to the Alps and then just have like a, a wood pitcher and draw it right from the source. No EMF, nothing involved, and then drink it right there. That's one solution. I think we can all live there. So and, you know, maybe we don't want to live there. Maybe we do want to live in a concrete box in San Diego, you know, nothing. <clears throat> but let's use technology bring that spring source from the Alps back to the kitchen. And so that's the solution. I'm a very pragmatic guy when it comes to these things. How can I implement something, um, if possible, in a highly convenient way that I just have to open my, um, my faucet and then it comes spring water out of it right away. Awesome. So what is this water system that you came up with? So the water system that I've been using for 20 years myself and that I'm now distributing in the United States the company is called UMH. They're an Austrian company. They've been around for 45 years. The technology itself is over 100 years old. The grandfather of this technology is called Victor Schauberger. And Victor Schauberger lived in like the 80s. I think he was born 1885 or something. And he is basically the Nikolai Tesla of water technology. He created the first flow pattern and the first patents in the early um, 19th 20th century, like 1905, 1910, which are today still used, which is interesting, in in like high industry, cement mixing, concrete building, industrial bakery. And they're very simple. So they have like an arranged flow system that you just, it's like a, there are these, what is it, like 20 inch diameter hoses that they make the need water for making the concrete. So, and they just run through one paddle on the very end. And just that one little flow pattern curve that it takes, that already makes the concrete bind about 40% better without doing that. They don't do anything else. So it's been used for the last 100 years in these industries. Now he started all these things. He built, uh, he built these parabolic funnels and all that. And there's a whole deep dive from Victor Schauberger. Um, and then his great-grandson, Jörg Schauber. So they live about 100 miles apart from this family called Rathheiser, which is the family that owns UMH. So and the great-grandson of, of Victor Schauberger, Jörg Schauberger, helped Bernhard and Josef Rathheiser, who own UMH, to finalize what Victor Schauberger started about 100 years ago. So UMH is the only and most pure downline of this water test. So to compliment what you just said, 
I was recently in uh, Colombia and we went to the side of the mountains. And as I was leaving, I looked down at the sidewalk. And when I looked down at the sidewalk, I realized that the concrete that was poured on the side of a mountain without technology that we have in the United States was, was flawless and had no cracks. And so in a very rough uh, translation, I said, why is your concrete so strong? And somebody went back and forth. There's like four people translating. Finally, the guy laughs and he just points over at the waterfall and he goes, our water source. And hearing you say that, that the flow and the natural aspect of the water allows concrete to be 40% stronger in its uh, um, curating, curing process. Binding, yeah. Binding, mm -hmm. curing process makes a lot of sense, especially when a reflection was literally last week I was in Columbia on the side of a mountain, a couple hours outside of a city, and their response to me saying, wow, the concrete is flawless. Meanwhile, in the United States, if you talk to a concrete company, you'll say something like, hey, um, you know, will it crack? How's it going to look? They won't say it's not will it crack, it's when will it crack, because they guarantee that concrete in the United States will crack. So that gives a lot of uh, questions to the water source and the frequencies and the way that it's structured. Because if you can structure water in a better manner, a more natural state and create concrete, you're creating a stronger foundation for the world we live in. That's a very good point. Yes, I agree. Very good. So what's the what's the then result for the, the bodies of the, the people drinking this yeah. type of water? What happens to the body of the person? So in a nutshell, when you drink spring water, any spring water on the planet, depending, some sources are even higher vibration, some are lower, but they all share this in common. The water is charged in a certain way and it carries a certain resonance. So resonant frequency, that's the key word, right? So, and this resonant frequency allows our cells to fully uptake the hydrogen that's in the water. Right, so we, have, we can get clean bottled water that actually comes from a Yosemite spring source, but how has it been delivered to our homes? First of all, they need an electric pump to follow it. Then it goes through a whole process. Then they put it in bottles, then they put it on a truck, then they drive it to LA, then drive it to San Diego. So the water picks up on all that frequency along the way. So two weeks later, then you maybe put it in your fridge. That's another EMF source that you put it on. And then you drink it. So now it has collected on a frequency basis, frequency pollutants, I call it, let's call it that. So, and now you drink that, that stream of information, which is unaligned information, you put that in your body. Again, the chemistry of the water is great. Most bottled, bottled waters are fine. They don't have any fluoride in it, but it's not cutting it. It doesn't mean that you're really accessing the hydrogen in the water because it's not talking to the cells. So our cells have these, protein channels. They're called aquapurin channels. And they resonate with a certain frequency, which in this case is 22.5 hertz. Simple. So all spring water on the planet and the water that comes from this UMH device that we're talking about resonate exactly with 22.5 hertz. So now imagine the H2O coming, talking to the channel in the cell, and it's actually uptaking the hydrogen intracellular to get a deep mitochondrial hydration. And hydrogen is nothing else but energy. I mean, there's hydrogen cars. You know, that's like a new technology that we're thinking about maybe doing. Um, and so if you look at a hydrated and dehydrated person, what's the big difference? The dehydrated person sits there, they're usually a little bit, they don't want to really do stuff. 
And then the hydrated person is usually very ambient. And they're just, they want to do stuff because they have a lot of energy. Their metabolism is well. They go to the bathroom quite a bit. So they're flowing. They're like a river, like a, like a lake that's, that's in good shape. So they're peeing, they're pooping. Everything is flowing. Everything is just oil. It's the oil machine. So, and, and hydration is the basis, plus breath again, but it's the second most important basis of all the functions in our bodies. Your kidney, your liver, your heart. If you're hydrated, and let's say you have a little accident, you'll have a shorter recovery time when you're hydrated versus you're not hydrated without even any treatment, just by healing yourself, right? So back to our kitchen. So this company, UMHM, over the last 40 years has developed a few different applications for these devices. And they're all highly functional and elegant at the same time. All these, all these devices are 24-year 24 gold plated inside and outside or rhodium plated. So which ensures a very long life of these devices. The, the, the bare minimum is, I want to say 10 to 15 years. I know some customers in Germany, they have these house built in devices for almost 30 years already built in to the same house. I even switched houses three times in the last seven years. I just call a plumber for a couple hundred bucks. They, they solder the device out and they sort it into the next house. I use the exact same device. And Mirka, so, you want to explain how that application is, how it just pretty much goes around the water line, just yeah. so have a visual of what you're talking right. about. So imagine your main water line is usually around a three quarters to one inch. If you have a bigger house, maybe an inch and a half. So, and, and all the plumber does is he comes to the house, he arrives, he cuts a piece out of the, maybe like, let's say, in a foot. He cuts it out. The device itself is only about four, four and a half inches long. And then it gets screwed into the pipe. And now it's becoming part of your pipeline system. Right? So now you now the water that runs through with, let's say, 80 PSI is now going through the structuring device coming out on the other end differently. Now, what is happening on the inside of that structure? So I think that's an important question. Right? And again, in a nutshell, to break it down simple, it's a frequency device. It reprograms the water. It and it does two things at the same time. It does a complete format C. So it erases all the frequency pollutants the water has collected up to this point, which brings us back to, okay, well, it's, it's set in a fridge. It was used with an electric pump to funnel it. Now all this frequency pollutants come erased, done. So it's a, it's a slate. And now it gets reinformed, reintroduced, to a resonant high vibration. How does the device do that? There's, there's seven principles of water structure. The most common one is what people refer to as vortexing, right? So when water vortexes around left and right spinning, it builds that double helix, which also looks like a DNA strain. So it might be a coincidence or might have something to do with it. So, <laughs> and um, so that's a very common one. And there's a few devices that just focus on the vortexing. Then the other one, which is also very commonly known, is gemstone selections. You know, some people, I remember uh, friends in Santa Fe, they would just add certain gemstones into their water pitcher and then would let it sit there for a while. And then the vibration of these gemstones would transfer over into the water and slowly add that frequency to it. They're not really erasing anything, but they have the ability to overwrite information. Right? So that's a good part. So then... The third part, and this is, now gets interesting, um, 
let's say the third part is high-grade materials, so gold plating, rhodium plating. The next part is direct contact. So the water actually flows through the device. It's not a magnet you just clamp around the pipeline or it doesn't use any electricity, right? There's nothing that it's just in the in the realm of the water, it actually touches it. It's part of part of its flow. So that's important. So now the next part is phi ratio geometry in constructing the devices. So now phi ratio means golden mean. A lot of people heard this about art. It's called the golden cut, certain ratio. A whole body is built in a golden mean, phi ratio. This and this equivalent to this and this. Right? So it's a ratio thing. So like everything in our face, that's why we look so appealing to each other because we are grown or made in this phi ratio geometry. If you look at a broccoli, if you look at a tomato, at anything, you can always see the phi ratio. Bees grow in this Fibonacci sequencing, right? So this is all phi ratio interpretation of reality. So now if I do, so if I, if I construct the device, let's say a natural action water, it's a, first of all, it's a plastic housing. So they don't really, they don't really um, care too much about the, the high grade materials, but also it's just 10 centimeters or 12 centimeters long. It's a certain circumference. There's no phi ratio in constructing that device, that housing. So what UMH does is it's either a sphere or a cylinder, and the inside of the device is built in those phi ratios. So that alone, the water picks up on all these angles and the, that geometry. It's a big part. So then another part is a pyramid energies. So people might have heard this from the Egyptian pyramids. They have been constructed at a certain angle, right? So 52.1 degrees on the bottom of the pyramid. So that alone, if you make a pyramid with that angle, let's say out of wood, on plastic, put some copper around it, enhances it. And in the, in the lower third of that pyramid, you cut an apple in half and you put one apple right on that pyramid, a little elevated. Again, can be pretty much out of any material. And then you put the other half somewhere else. And then you go six hours later, you go back. Then your apple outside the pyramid turned brown because it's oxidizing. The one under the pyramid, barely turned brown. So it has some sort of preserving mechanism just by the geometry of that pyramid. So pyramid energies, that's what it's referred to. And then the last part, and this is the unique selling point of UMH versus all the other ones that I've checked out so far. And again, they've been doing this for half a century, is that they developed a biofeedback slash bioradiation device in order to charge one and to imprint it with a certain resonant frequency. So now all these devices that UMH makes have these tiny little glass vials in it. They're about, I wanna say half inch long. So, and they carry a water on the inside. That water is a certain mineral solution that contains a proprietary um, mixture out of monoatomic particles and certain minerals. And that's pretty much the hard drive quality. And then they charge these vials with an analog, not a digital, biofrequency device, like an Oberon, which the Russian developed in the 50s that they charged all their cosmonauts with before they sent them into space. That's why they're so superhuman, because they literally charge all the cells in these cosmonauts. They call cosmonauts, we call astronauts. So now what they do is, let's say the small devices have seven of those vials in it. 
right? And one of those quartz crystal pyramids on the top. So when the water goes through, either the little ball, it's a portable device, or we have the inliner for under the sink, it gets split up and it does the double helix vortexing. It picks up on the gold plating, it picks up on the pyramid energies, and then it runs through and over these glass vials. Now imagine each one of those glass vials has a certain resonant frequency, like an orchestra. You have the violins, that's the first vial. Then you have the trumpets, that's your second vial. Then you have your shallows, that's your third vial. So they all are harmonious within themselves, but they also resonate together as a whole, like this whole orchestra. So depending on the size of the device, you have from six up to 72 of those vials. 72, the biggest device, that's for like a whole casino or for a whole hotel with a thousand rooms. So three inch opening is about this size, makes about 120 gallons per minute flow rate. So that's a very big device, right? But the, the one for the house unit has 10, the one for the small farm unit has 12, for example, of those resonant vials in there. And now after this water has been made to a clean slate, all the pollutants, all the frequency pollutants have been erased. Now it's being imprinted with this natural resonating, back to what Tim said before, we're emulating nature here. Right? So we're pretty much re reprogramming or re-imprinting the natural frequencies. And when it comes out on the other side, now it is in a perfect structure. And that's why they call it structured water, because water has about 2,000, 2,500 possibilities to connect on a geometrical pattern on a molecular basis. So depending on what the angle is between the, the H molecule and the, and the, and the uh, oxygen molecule. Right? We have two of the oxygen molecules, one hydrogen molecule. So now, once they have a certain angle, and this is interesting, if you, if you have the oxygen molecule here and you have your hydrogen coming off here and you would draw a middle line, then each side of it would be 52.1 degrees, exactly like the pyramid <laughs> in Egypt. So 104.2 degrees is the full angle between the two hydrogen bonds connecting uh, the two oxygen bonds connecting to the hydrogen. So now when that happens and you look at each of those triangles, right, then they automatically connect into a hexagon. That's why sometimes people refer to hexagonal water. And it's, and it's a little bit of tricky, tricky um, term um, because don't imagine a static hexagon. It's a 3D underlying pattern. It's like, it's the information idea of the hexagon. And within milliseconds, atoms go in and out, but they reform in a live feature into this hexagonal shape. So why hexagon? Well, one could say that just by the geometry, and I mean, we learned this in ninth grade geometry and math, right? So that's a very, very stable pattern just from an architect type of view. So you got to ask yourself, why does a beehive choose the hexagon to create the only substance that defies time? It's honey. Well, honey is 90% water. So they're really making a glucose water that lasts forever, highly structured. So the bees naturally chose to build the hive in the same way as the structure, the molecular structure of the water that they're creating that lasts forever. Again, could be a coincidence. <laughs> I think Toronto is a coincidence. Or they could just be dialed in with the natural flow of things and they just, in a hermetic sense, as above, so below, they're just recreating in their own housing 
what they are creating in their food. So, yeah. Explanation. So, wow. and now once, once the water has the structure, now to the final step, once the water has the structure, it resonates in 22.5 hertz, which now talks the exact same language as these aquaporin protein channels in our cells. The H2O comes to the cell, it communicates, protein channel opens, hydrogen goes into the cell, feeds the mitochondria. And now we can get highly scientific about this. Every millisecond, it's 15 of those H atoms being turned in a little nano engine, which is the exact mitochondria. Later on, that's interesting for the deuterium explanation, by the way, in the next one. So, and this is how we derive now energy. So we're literally having these nano engines that spin with 6,000 RPM each millisecond, 15 atoms of hydrogen in that nano engine. So, and that's how you now get this energy. So what's the result of people drinking this water? I'm a, again, I'm a practical guy. I love science. And also if science sounds great, I don't feel any different. I'm not going to buy it. That's it. It's not going to work for me. Maybe it works for somebody else. So, well, I want to say 99.9% .9 of these customers that buy this, myself included 20 years ago when I started is, they just feel that they have like an extra battery in their body now. And it makes sense because water has now a charged potential. It has a differential. So it's charged on this very polar. Now this, this polarity now transfers over to your cells. And this is exactly how a battery works in your car. It's a charge potential. So there has to be a differential between, because otherwise it's flat. When it's flat, it's, it's low charge, right? So now you're constantly putting in this high charged water and that gives you the ability to think differently, to feel differently, to do different things, to, to, to sleep deeper. For example, for me, my, my, my day low that I used to have, and this is like me being 20 years old. So I had like a between one and 2 p.m., Usually had a little, depending on my sleep, obviously, but usually had like a little dip down. So, and that basically disappeared after drinking that water for a few weeks. And so, and also I'm going to the bathroom about twice as much, which is, you know, I don't want to say annoying, but it's just something that you need to consider. When I go on a road trip, I'm like that girl that every hour has to go to people or every 90 minutes. <laughs> but that's okay. I'll, I'll do that. I'm happy with that. So, Mirko, that's really good information. I should have prefaced at the beginning of this um, podcast that when I come on and talk about water, most people out there, and I don't know what percentage it would be, but it'd be a vast majority, thinking, okay, what type of filters are out there? What's the best filter? What we're talking about in structuring water in bringing things back to nature, the resonance and all of that, has a quantum quality that most people aren't familiar with what we're talking about here. But in our bodies, one of the different words you know if you can call it structured water you can call it fourth phase water because we think of three phases of water yeah. liquid solid and gas or ez water which stands for exclusion zone and the reason exclusion. why we have that is the healthy, the healthy yeah. cells in your body form <clears throat> an exclusion zone where you have the structured water pushes the toxins out through the barrier into the rest of the the body Thanks. so we have Thanks. healthy so the healthy cells already have structured water in healthy living beings. And so this is really healthy water when you have it structured. So for resources, you can go look up a book called The Fourth Phase of Water by Gerald Pollack, who's the preeminent leader in this field now at the University of Washington. And it's a thick book. And there are yeah. probably some other resources. And, and if you have any, Mirko, we can put in the notes about the seven principles of this. 
that would be great as well because this isn't common knowledge. You don't go look for, to study filtration and learn about what we're having a conversation about right here. But this is the next level of getting the best water in your body. So, and I and I think John Pollock, by the way, works with UMH. He knows Bernard Rath as a person yeah. for many years. Um. So, and I think this easy or exclusion zone water. This is water. This is actually a good point where you can understand that chemistry and frequency are overlapping intensively. So exclusion zone, what does it mean? It means that you have pretty much a cellular filter. So let's say even you don't filter the water, you just structure it, which I do not recommend in the United States. You do want to get all the toxins out of there. But let's say you have to make a decision, either structuring or filtration. Well, then I would choose the filtration. I'm sorry, choose the structuring. Because the amount of, of toxins in the water is, is not killing you right away. It's killing you slowly. So you're not going to get impacted too much right away. It's over time. But now because of this exclusion zone that I have around my cells, only, only, only the molecules with one, two, and three, which means um, hydrogen, helium, and lithium. Those are the only three that allow to pass. Anything that's bigger, which is everything else is not going to be able to transport its toxin frequency to the cell any longer. So let's say I still have chlorine in the water, I still have fluoride in the water, but now imagine it's encapsulated in the structural water and also can transfer to the cell. So you're literally just dissipating it, you're peeing it up. And they did this test, uh, UMH did this test with uh, 400 students that drank a glass of tap water, unstructured with 50 milligrams of nitrates in it. So that's a good amount to trace it. And then the other students drank the tap water structure with 50 milligrams of nitrates in it. Next morning, everybody peed in a glass. It's called a urine osmolarity test. And the first group uptook pretty much 50 milligrams of nitrates. And the second group peed out 50 milligrams of nitrates. So there's your tracer. And yes, that does have a chemical limit. If you put 10 grams of arsenic acid in there and then only structured, I would be doubtful that that works and doesn't hit your cells. So there's a chemical limit to these things. And again, the 1.5 milligrams of fluoride, that's in fluoride per cubic meter of water in the United States and the 4.5 milligrams per cubic meter of, of chlorine is, is, is able to be handled by that structuring device. So, and you, you can feel it. So my house doesn't have a filtration system. But once I installed the, the, the whole house unit, the smell of the chlorine went down by about 90%, just the smell without a filtration system, right? So that indicates, and we have good sensors on nose or taste, you know, so if we're, if we're dialed in and tuned in, we can trust those sensors. We don't need a device that some guy invented all the time. You know? When I was in uh, San Diego back in October, I was, uh, I, had, I had acquired a UMH device and we took water that you could smell the chlorine on. We took water that you couldn't. And I'm very skeptical. So I poured it through the device and I drank it. And I sniffed the other one and sniffed it, sniffed the other one and asked everybody at the table, sniff it. Everybody's like, wow, who put chlorine in it? And I, I explained to everybody, that's what you uptake on a daily basis are the, the chemicalized fashion of water that's stuffed in pipes and taken out of its natural structure. And I'm at the beginning of a rabbit hole, I didn't know I was going to explore and get excited about, but holy crap, today has really <laughs> opened up my mind on the fact that I have something that I use occasionally 
that is now going to be very a part of my daily routine and most likely in my luggage with a note on it for a TSA saying this little thing is a water device um, because it's oddly looking. And uh, yeah, yeah, it looks like a round thing, you know, that yeah. could maybe, yeah, uh, structure water. And so, yeah. Um, yeah, thank thank you. Thank you guys for putting this together because yeah. I think it's been uh, very enlightening. And this is a field that I've I've done a lot of business in and I've sold reverse osmosis. I've sold hanging machines. I've learned about what I knew. And what I realized today is I learned what I was told and I did very little questioning of it. And over the last few years, I've learned how to question what I'm being told and verify because at the end of the day, we don't do that as a society as much as we should. Yeah. Yep. And Tim, good point around that is, you know, we're still snowed on some things. There's a guy named um, Edward Bernays. He's dead now, but he's the father of propaganda. And nobody knows who his name is because the whoever they are don't want us to know. But he Alcoa came to him, you know, in the early 1900s and were like, hey, we got a lot of toxic fluoride run off of this uh, aluminum plants. What are we going to do about this? He's like, no problem. And he had a bunch of dentists say the fluoride fluoride is good for you and got it into the entire country's water supply. And it's still there, even though we know it's bad for you. Oh, the government wouldn't do that to us. Yeah, they would. I was at a, a conference recently and a doctor showed a arsenic and then fluoride chart for the levels of toxicity to the body. And there's different types of fluoride. Like as we're learning today, there's different types of water. So water is H2O. And what I didn't know is there's 2,500, correct? Yeah. Different ways for H2O to form. And if we look at a key, a key is going to have, let's say, 2,500 different ways. And if your key doesn't work on your car, you're not getting in. So when you look at water, it's not getting in your body. The way that I used to sell a Kangen machine was on a hot summer day, if you take a bottle of water and you drink it, your stomach is sloshing. However, you're still thirsty. It's because the structure of the water is not going through the keyhole in the membrane for your body to absorb it. And when you drink the water through the devices that Miracle offers and other similar things on the planet, you aren't as thirsty and it feels like a smoother glass of water, which sounds funny because yeah. at the end of the day, now that I hear the 2,500 factors and it's finding one that's a match for where it's going, it's being absorbed. And I, I was like, yeah, sure. We'll talk about water. Now I'm sitting here mind blown. So, well, you just, you just reminded me that structured water actually has a, has a chemical, chemical property of H2O3. If you look at it, it's no longer H2O still acts and behaves like water, but it's just different. And also, let's put this to, to go back to the alkaline feature. So when you structure the water with a sophisticated technology like UMH, you're decreasing the surface tension by 10%. Now that may not sound a lot, it is huge. 2% would be huge because water has 64 anomalies that we are aware of. The most common one is that it has its highest density at four Celsius plus, which is uh, 48 Fahrenheit. Right, so that's why ice expands. There's no other material in the universe that expands when it gets colder. It shrinks, not water. So, and another anomaly of water is it has the highest solubility of all liquids, has the highest cooking point, and so on and so on. And it has the highest surface tension of all liquids. That's why these little water striders can walk on the water because they're using the surface tension. And if you take a needle, like a sewing needle, 
and you very care, you have a bowl of water and you very carefully place it and let it go, it'll swim. Even though it's a metal needle, you can, you can use a little coffee filter or a tea filter, put it on there and let the tea filter slowly sink to the bottom. That'll for sure work that experiment. Well, if you structure the water 10 times, it's not going to work anymore. Yep. All right. So that's, that is, that's the other thing. So the surface tension goes down 10%, ergo, it makes it more permeable. Hence, it has the same features and qualities as an alkaline water, but without changing the pH. The pH stays is the same before and after. 7.5 going in, 7.5 going out. But now the surface tension is 10% less, so it's more per permeable. Just a feature that an alkaline water would bring to you without being alkaline, without influencing your stomach, right? So that's another feature. And, and what I would like to share in the very end is, sometimes people ask me, so what is your optimum solution that you do at your daily basis at your house, right? So what's your filtration system? How do you do it? And again, I'm living in a city. So in, in my mind, I have two ideas. I want to have a water that is super rich in energy. So I'm, I'm putting 105 octane fuel in my race car. For one. Number two, I want a water that is as low as possible in PPM. So why? Because I wanted to detoxify me on a regular and constant basis. So if I filter with a standard carbon filter, I'm taking all the 98, 95% of all the BS out of the water, but it's still 4 500 PPM. So the water is still fairly saturated. So its ability to uptake new things is a little less. It's not like tap water with a thousand PPM, but it's just a little less. So now what I do is I have the house unit for my whole house because I like to shower and bathe in it. Again, I don't even need a filtration for that. And then I have a carbon filtration under my sink. Very easy, $600 setup, a couple hundred bucks a year to change the filters. So now it becomes, it gets structured and filtered. And then I take it and then I put that in a distiller. I choose a distiller over reverse osmosis because it's, it's lower maintenance and I have it sitting in the garage, so I don't mind. And I don't have an extra faucet coming out of my kitchen sink, a small kitchen. So now once I distilled it, then it has pretty much zero to two PPM. So now what I do is I remineralize it a tiny bit. And to understand what this is, we're not uptaking minerals through water to begin with, period. We take uptake minerals through food, herbs, you know, if you want to reach your calcium amount per day, eat a piece of cheese, there's your 800 milligrams of calcium. If you would try to do your magnesium and calcium per day, you would have to drink, even from a great mineral water, you have to drink 20, 30 gallons per day. So that's not possible anyway. Because there's like the amounts in it is like 15 milligrams per liter, right? Or like 30 milligrams per gallon. Or your daily, your daily um, amount of calcium is 800 milligrams. So just by that math, you're not supposed to uptake minerals through water to begin with. But we need a little bit of mineral salt in the water so that the structuring device can work. Why does it need mineral salt in the water? Because imagine a crystallization process. So like a mineral grows, a crystal. A crystal starts as a mineral. And then through time and pressure, it crystallizes out around that mineral and becomes this super awesome crystal, quartz crystal. The same happens on a molecular basis, but it goes through this device. So I choose a Celtic salt solution. 
So I, I solve Celtic salt. You can get those big pieces or just take the powder. And then when you saturate the water, it's around 26% salt solution. Then I have a tiny little dropper. And I only add about five drops per gallon of my distilled water. So which brings it back to 30 ppm, super low. By the way, most natural spring sources are around 50 ppm. They're not high in minerals. They're just balanced in minerals and aligned. They're not high in minerals. And so again, that's the food, that's a food thing, minerals. So, and then once I put that salt solution bag in there, then I run it through my Delta standalone device. I'm, I like the ceremonial process because then I can pray on the water when I'm running through love and gratitude goes through my mind while I'm pouring it through. I'm looking how pretty it looks. Got this gold device shining at me. So it's just fun for me. Right? And, it's, and it's a minimum. I really don't like it. And I have the distiller on this table and the other structuring on that table. So it's the same process. So now, but I remineralize it a little bit before. Now I run it through. So now what have I created with this? I have created a pretty much a rainwater equivalent that has no toxins in it. Because rainwater nowadays is questionable because of all the air pollution. And it rains down, picks up on stuff chemically. So I have a high energy rich water. It's been structured once through the house unit. And then again through a tiny one I have under the sink. And then through my standalone one. And the standalone one I have to do in the end because I remineralize it. And then I structure it again. Because when you do an RO system, it does take the structure apart. The distiller takes about 20% of the structure. That's why also I prefer distillation over a reverse osmosis. Because even if you wouldn't restructure after the distilling, you'd still remain with about 80% of that beneficial structure. But I go the extra mile because I'm sitting at the source. Why not? And now I have a 50 ppm, highly detoxifying water, super energy rich energy rich so and i think for me personally that is the water i align most with it tastes great it gives me a lot of energy i use all this water for my other potions that i make my mouthwash anything else that's water-based uh, that i do like medicine work with has exactly that water so that's a little tip <clears throat> right on it's too bad that, that you weren't cast in the movie the water boy and adam sandler got the the job yeah that's like, yeah, that would be my job yeah you're right <laughs> Ah, running with a structuring portable device. And the, my and the my mom always said, my mom always said. <laughs> well, All right, guys. well, that that was water school, man. That was exciting. Great. I mean, that was the most interesting topic uh, discussion on water I've ever had other than previous discussions I've had with you about the same topic. But that was the most comprehensive, uh, encompassing about water. So thank you very well, much. Well, thanks for asking and happy to share. Thanks for your input, um, Tim. And thanks for you, Fernando. Um, hosting this whole thing with Steven. So yeah, I think hopefully this will help people to understand a little more about it. And um, and now they have good points to go a little deep dive. We'll share a few links when we're done here where they can just look into stuff. And then, yeah, and then if there's any questions, we're always available um, by email or give us a call. We're happy to help. Beautiful. If you have any questions you want to relay to Mirko, just throw it in the comments and I'll, I'll get you connected. No problem. So Tim, any last thoughts? I, I don't even want to start it back up. We're good. <laughs> yep. All right. Good deal. All right. We'll end on that note. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. That was awesome. Yeah. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you, Stephen. Have a great day there in Florida. Um, and uh, thanks, guys. Yeah. For for being here. Thanks, Miracle, for yeah. sharing so much today. Yeah.
it might take a, a few days for me to process all the words I heard today here. I'm definitely years. Take your time. I, I'm definitely going to listen to this, uh, to the recording, to the replay yeah. several times. Thank you so much. Yeah, and for everyone watching, listening, share this, comment, like, and uh, click on the links below and get educated and get hooked up with the with the information that uh, Miracle can uh, is is offering here. I think it's a gift. Well, thanks, brother. I think it's a gift. Happy to share. Yeah. All right, Super Connector. Super Client. Super Client, yes. Take it easy. Right. Super later. Super later. <laughs> Bye for now.